podcast is sponsored by 10ofthose.com. 10ofthose.com handpick the best Christian books that point to Jesus and sell them at discounted prices. Back in season three, we welcome Nana Dulce on the podcast to talk, help us talk through Esther. And she was talking about a book she was writing, and I now have it in my hand. And let me tell you, it is just wonderful. It's called The Seed of the Women, 30 Narratives That Point to Jesus. It is beautifully rich, it's theologically deep, it's a book that will help your heart to sing as we see God's character, his faithfulness, and ultimately the Lord Jesus Christ unveiled at the centre of women's lives through the Bible. Really recommend getting, grabbing a copy, why not read it this summer? Grab it from tenofos.com. Welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. My name is Felicity and I'm here in the States and this is my sister Sarah and she is in the UK. Hi. Welcome, everyone. This week, we are in our last few stanzas of Psalm 119, but don't panic. We have one more episode to do. We're going to do a review, so do tune in again next week for that one. But, I mean, right now, I'm sitting here, I'm sipping my uh, Earl Grey loose leaf tea, as mm, ever. Nice. I've got a McVitie's gold bar. I mean, I'm living oh. the dream right now. How about you, Sarah? Gold bar. A gold bar. Amazing. Yes. They're so good and strange. The chocolate is just different, isn't it? But it is. priceless, literally, strange I think. There's, no, there's nothing quite like it. <laughs> um, we've got a listener question. Our final listener question of the season. I'm going to read it out for us. Um, it says here, there's so many everythings and alls in this psalm. He's so all in. And it just makes me feel a bit guilty as I'm so far from this reality. What do I do with that guilt? That what a question hey. is exactly what we all feel, I think. Isn't that the first impression when you read the psalm? I've always thought that before we've dug into it like we have. That, I think, is where I kind of stopped with it. And I, I think that one of the big things that we've seen through the psalm is God himself through his promises that Mm. we talked about it I think in the early episodes that wallpaper of the covenant promises every time he says word or commands or precepts or or promises then that is God himself graciously moving towards us and that Mm. grace is needed because because we are guilty like we are sinners but we don't stop at that we fall onto his grace through the Lord Jesus so we're able to put our sin away from us as God takes it away from us. And so Mm -hmm. we can then, I think, cry out with the psalmist with assurance, which I think more and more as we go through the psalm, we're hearing that assurance. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, that assurance is key, isn't it? And we've we particularly saw that in last last week's one, I think, didn't we? Um, I think I felt this beginning to read the psalm and I think I felt this at the end of reading the psalm I feel like this I've got to the end of the psalm and I'm like oh my heart I'm just not like the psalmist and I just I really feel that my tendency is to stew on that guilt and on feeling that sin um and actually we're going to get to this in a minute but the last verse of the psalm is just so helpful when he says I have strayed like a lost sheep seek your servant and just that reality of like I've strayed I've I I am that straying sheep just like the psalmist is and yet he knows that the Lord will seek him the Lord will seek him and find him and that's where we go with our guilt because 
there is no guilt or condemnation in Christ Jesus. We go to him knowing that he seeks and finds and we have complete assurance in him. So it's just keeping going back. I feel like I'm going back to that verse time and time and time and time again. And that's where I need to rest when I'm feeling that guilt. And I think that's that's exactly isn't it? because the psalmist, as he himself says that, mm. then he is not perfect. Like he is striving to be all in, like everything yeah. he wants to be all in. But and he asks also, continually for it, doesn't yeah. he? Like he's constantly asking, requesting, pleading, crying out to the Lord for change in his heart, for for second, you know, for for things to happen as he opens the word. And so that helps him to be all in because he's asking for it. And I think, uh, yeah, that's another thing, or you know, another question all in itself, doesn't it? I don't ask in the way that I should do, according to yeah. this psalm. Yeah. We need to get going on, on the last few verses. I can't believe we're in the last few uh, verses. I feel, yes. I mean, oh. I want to, we should read it really slowly to just make it last long. No, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, let me, uh, I'm going to read the first couple of stanzas and you, you do the last two, Sarah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to read and I'm going to start at 145. I call with all my heart, answer me, Lord, and I will obey your decrees. I call out to you, save me, and I will keep your statutes. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. Hear my voice in accordance with your love. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your laws. Those who devise wicked schemes are near, but they are far from your law. Yet you are near, Lord, and all your commands are true. Long ago I learned from your statutes that you established them to last forever. Look on my suffering and deliver me, for I have not forgotten your law. Defend my cause and redeem me. Preserve my life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek out your decrees. Your compassion, Lord, is great. Preserve my life according to your laws. Many are the foes who persecute me, but I have not turned from your statutes. I look on the faithless with loathing, for they do not obey your word. See how I love your precepts. Preserve my life, Lord, in accordance with your love. All your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. Rulers persecute me without cause, but my heart trembles at your word. I rejoice in your promise like one who finds great spoil. I hate and detest falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. Great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. I wait for your salvation, Lord, and I follow your commands. I obey your statutes, for I love them greatly. I obey your precepts and your statutes, for all my ways are known to you. May my cry come before you, Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. May my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your promise. May my lips overflow with praise, for you teach me your decrees. May my tongue sing of your word, for all your commands are righteous. May your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, Lord, and your law gives me delight. Let me live that I may praise you, and may your laws sustain me. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. Wow. Brilliant. Amazing. Can't believe that he ends like that. But we'll get to the end Mm. at the end. But I think, first of all, how brilliant in uh, the very start, he says, I call, I call out. Like the directness, Mm. the, the pleading is still continuing. Like I feel like you might think as you get towards the end of this psalm that he's going to be like, right, okay, thanks, God. Yep. More sorted than I was. I think I'm all right. I'll be on my way now. But what we Mm. have instead is almost a more intense relational 
interaction going on, I think. I think that's just so striking, isn't it? You kind of desperately want him to end with a happy ending. And there is there is some of that in the penultimate stanza in terms of his joy. But the reality is his circumstances haven't changed the whole way through the psalm. Like he's still suffering, he's still being persecuted and he's still struggling with that. And yet the kind of intensity of the way that he's calling out and the kind of, as you say, the relational depth that has has happened through this weathered life is it's kind of beautiful in in its rawness and in its kind of for all its acrostic neatness the psalm with all the kind of alphabet whatever this is not a neat way to end the psalm is it this is this is just a gritty real life of a believer where yeah the pressures of life are kind of colliding with god's promises and what happens in between is this like raw honest prayer life and i just love that it's just i find it so heartening to read these kind of verses at the end yeah should we just go through like something that struck us from each stanza Mm. in terms of how how we felt our hearts been impacted yeah well I think in in relation to what you're saying there that, that that intensity that kind of gritty rawness of it I love that in the midst of that gritty reality Verse 151 is where it's at. Like, yet you are near, Lord. And and Mm. that, I think, is what's been going on all throughout the psalm, is that it's almost like as we've been listening to the psalmist cry out and talk and plead and state and declare God, God himself is all the more clear as the the one who's right there with him and right Mm. there with us. Like That relational kind of intimacy that's where it's at, isn't it? God himself is near. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's really, really amazing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I think that's, that could, that could sum up the psalm really, couldn't it? That, that phrase mm. like it is, it is, it is beautiful in that. I think I've been really struck, like for me, this, this particular stanza really resonated with Jesus's words the night before he died. Um, just the kind of the way he um, stayed awake um, rose before dawn and cried for help. He stayed open through the watches of the night. And there was that contrast between his disciples who didn't, but he did. And he called out to the Lord um, and kind of that kind of obedience to God, even in the midst of real kind of um, temptation to, to not obey in that moment um, of not wanting to kind of take the cup of God's suffering. I've just, it's just, it's really resonated with me, the language. And I think for me, it's just been a really, really helpful reminder that, We've kind of been saying all the way through that it, the psalm is a song about Jesus, and we've been seeking to kind of find the Jesus moments all the way through, haven't we? Mm. But we've also said this is the song of Jesus, and Jesus ultimately is the one who can sing this wholeheartedly for himself and pray this. And I think just just being able to kind of feel and hear these words on the lips of Jesus himself, and yet the change has been, you know, here in verse forty nine, he says, "Preserve my life according to your laws," and actually. Jesus forsook his life to preserve our life um, according according to the promise, according to God's God's ways. And God is near because Jesus forsook his life. And like, do you know, like the just the kind of depth of that covenant promise just resonates all the more when you kind of hear this on the lips of Jesus in that way. Does that make sense? I, I think that is that. I mean, that is the heart of it, isn't it? In in so many ways, that's the big deal here in the sense that mm. Jesus himself sung this so that we could sing it. Like, And mm. in that sense that he lost his life so that we can claim life 
through him mm-hmm. and not be those who are, who are forsaken and not be those who are dross like we were reading in, in the previous stanzas. But I think that's it, isn't it? And as we as we see that and we recognize that and that resonates with us, so we delight in Jesus all the more. We love him all the more. And our assurance mm. should be bolstered, I think, through that. And so we're able to then even more boldly sing with the psalmist in the light yeah. of Jesus's song himself, I think. Yeah. But then I don't, I think then in, in light of that, the next stanza, I don't think it's then surprising that we still see the psalmist still suffering and he's still pleading and he's still trusting, but like he is following in Jesus' footsteps in that way. Like he is, you know, like we're, we're told countless times that the believers will follow in the footsteps of their Lord in the way that he suffered um, and actually what we see here in this stanza, what really struck me is just the nature of it's still happening. He's still suffering. There's nothing, nothing's changed. And yet he's trusting and yet he's pleading and he's kind of living in light of that knowledge that the Lord is near in the way that he calls out. And that's, that's beautiful. That I, I absolutely agree. And I think, I think in that, then we have the suffering, the circumstances is shifting in that it seems that he's, he's attacked on various levels, but then when he says in that last verse there, 160, all your words are true, all your righteous laws are eternal, the unchanging nature of the Lord and the promise fulfillment through Jesus, that means that he's on sure footing. So everything else seems shifting and it feels like he doesn't know where, where the next punch is going to come from. But in the midst of that, his footing is sure because the Lord is true and mm. righteous and eternal and and everlasting, and we've had that repeated throughout the psalm. But mm. I, yeah, in, it would juxtapose, like put next to the the Jesus thing that we've just been talking about. It feels all the more sure, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's good. It's just it's just a helpful reminder, isn't it? Actually, we we get the privilege of viewing life through the lens of eternity and through God's ways and what one extraordinary thing that we can we can do that and therefore begin to pray these verses for ourselves in that way yeah um I love yeah go yeah well I was I was I'm just in light of that so you kind of got the suffering you've got this kind of circumstances that doesn't seem to be changing very much but you have this more and more sure footing and I think then verse 165 is just very beautiful that great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble and and Mm. that that just is very you know the sort of philippians like that peace that transcends all understanding all romans like that kind of feel isn't it Mm -hmm. that in the midst of whatever is going on because the lord is near because of the assurance we have in christ so we can claim this great peace, but that—that's not to say that we're going to feel peaceful all the time, is it? No, I see. I—I th- I read that as a more objective piece. Actually, I read that as a kind of actually, that's the blood-bought peace that we have through the cross. Like we have peace because of the covenant and because of that's fleshed out in Jesus. I think I kind of took it down that way when I was reading that. Um, I think this is just a beautiful, this is kind of like an ode to that blessing in uh, the first stanza, the beginning of the psalm, isn't it? Like you can feel that kind of the way of blessing in these words. And yet we've been through such a journey with him that like it's this weathered, this weathered existence. And yet there's such joy and peace and hope and praise and delight. And you just think, wow, those two don't, those things don't normally coincide, do they? They don't normally kind of coexist, but they are here. Yeah. 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 And wow. 
Yeah. And then to then move on to the the final stanza and this incredible prayer, really, isn't it? Like, like his dependence on the Lord is just so evident. And what what a what a cry, like this kind of may my cry come before you, Lord. Mm-hmm. May my supplication come before you. Like that me and you is is this is it, isn't it? He's crying out yeah. for God to deliver him according to his mercy, according to his love, according to his promises. And it's such a refreshing mixture of different emotions going on, isn't it? I think, again, like you kind of expect the psalm to end on a high and maybe it should have ended with the like the penultimate stanza in many ways. And yet it doesn't. And wonderfully, I feel like this stanza basically sums up the Christian life, the reality of a Christian life, where we've got him delighting, we've got him praising we've got him crying out we've got him straying we've got him crying for help and crying for deliverance like there's just there's just such a range of emotions and feelings and situations kind of prompting his prayers like it's a kind of scattergun almost isn't it and Mm -hmm. great so I just find that so encouraging because that basically describes my Christian life of just like there's delight but there's also like real kind of like desperate like ah I'm straying again and it feels so hard and yet I'm calling out to you Lord please deliver me and just everything in between and yeah that's and that, what that, fra- that is all yeah. framed within the request isn't it like like mm. in the midst of the hodgepodge of that experience and the angst and the joy and the, all of that that all of that is lord may you like please mm. lord please lord so what do we do with it what do we do in the midst of our christian life whether we're joyful whether we're sobbing whatever like come come to the lord if if anything psalm 119 has, has shown me that more i think just mm. bring it as it is as you are to the lord who according to his mercy will deal with me according to his love and yeah, and as we say at the end again, he will seek us out. Like mm. we stray, but he's the one who seeks and and we will live according to his promise, which we know is according to the cross. And oh, oh gosh, oh, no. it's so good. And I can't believe we've come to the end, but we have got next week. So we really need that to like wrap this up, don't we? I feel like we have not wrapped yeah. this up. <laughs> I know, 20 minute episodes do not do it. Anyway, but we need to pray before we... You before pray. We, okay, pray. I'll pray. <laughs> Father, we praise you, praise you so much that in the midst of the roller coaster that is our emotions, that is the Christian life, that is our circumstance, that we can come to you, just as the psalmist does here, crying out to you. And we praise you for that final verse where he declares himself to be straying. And so we have comfort in that, that you come to seek those who are straying. And so as we feel that in our hearts and we see that in the psalmist, we we long to be those who delight in the grace and mercy of the Lord and with assurance come to you in that way. Please, Father, would you help us to draw near to you as you draw near to us, that we might um, yeah, sing along with this psalmist in, in so many ways. Amen. Amen. Oh, it's rich. It's good. We're, yeah, as we say, we've got um, next week to wrap up. Um, if you've enjoyed this season, we would so love for you to uh, leave us a review um, wherever you listen to podcasts. That just really, really helps other people to um, get stuck into Psalm 119 as well. We love this one from Kirsten. It says, Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea has encouraged me to see how deeply enriching studying the Bible with a friend or sister can be. I listened to the first season alone and found it a big encouragement 
But then when I started listening alongside a close friend and discussing the passage together, it was a real game changer. Kirsten, we love that. It's just so exciting for us to hear the impact of this on you and your friend and just getting the Bible open with each other. We just love that so much. Thank you so much for reviewing the podcast. Uh, Please, please, please do, if you have a chance, um, take a couple of minutes to do that for us. We'd really appreciate it. We need to go. We'll see you next time for our final episode of Season 5. Yeah, looking forward to it. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. It's sponsored by 10ofdays.com. Check them out for great discounted resources that point to Jesus.